0: Welcome to BirdCast, a podcast looking at all iterations of Nigel Neal's Quatermass stories on TV, film and radio. This episode I'm joined by writer and producer James Goss as we grudgingly welcome back Brian Donlevy to shout and murder his way across the English countryside to try to stop a very un-British coup in Hammer's Quatermass 2. Welcome James. Hello. How are you today? I'm very well. Good. So how did you first encounter Quatermass? Was it through the gateway drug of Doctor Who or entirely separately.
1: Completely at random oh, okay. in a okay. second-hand bookshop in Linmouth which has a little traction railway and there's a lovely little second-hand bookshop and it had the three Quatermass script books oh, yeah. and I thought that's an interesting title
0: Discovering it via the books? rather yep. than, rather than well, well often it's the, the hammer Quatermass in the pit that most people but this was yeah. so oh. when, when was this?
1: Goodness when I'd been about 12 and I, I just bought them all and sat on a moor and read these script books all afternoon, because I think I'd run out of Target novels that holiday. And I just devoured these script novels. And um, shockingly and shamefully, Quatermass 2 is my favourite from just reading the scripts. I mean, obviously Quatermass in the Pit is the best one. Mm. But Quatermass 2, I read it and I just went, oh, this is terrifying. The script of Quatermass 2 is
0: absolutely terrifying. Can you remember what it was about you that attracted them, with the name or the covers or...?
1: Oh, the cover—the was... cover arts because they were the Arrow reprints. So oh, yeah, the covers the... are
0: grotesque. Ah, uh, yeah. The Quatermass two—one is one just yeah. yeah the figure is the face, the
1: appallingly sort of livid, cancerous, buboed—that's right, yeah. zombie face. I mean, the the covers of all of them are beautiful. Those Arrow reprints are amazing, um, and uh, that led me to buying Nigel Neal's novel of Quatermass, uh, and discovering that.
0: Uh, oh, the John, the John Mills one.
1: No, yes, writing, yeah, yeah. and uh, just thinking, oh, this would be great, and then discovering that it was even more dour <laughs> uh, and full of hatred for the world, unbelievably than than the other three. Um, but yes, and uh, I, in preparation for this, I reread. Uh, I now own a Penguin version, obviously, obviously, uh, yes, obviously. because I'm I'm middle aged and a snob, uh, and I reread the Penguin script book of Quatermass Two and went oh, this is still magnificent. It really is magnificent.
0: Does Quatermass 2, once now you've seen all the, at least the surviving episodes, uh, still rank as your favourite of the series?
1: Oh, God. Uh, the first thing I did when I joined the BBC was they said, oh, you can, you can order anything from the archives <laughs> that you want. And I went, I am getting Quatermass 2 because Quatermass and the Pit is, I still think, the finest thing the BBC has ever made. And I went, Quatermass 2, you know, I'm sure the picture cloth isn't going to be as good, but it's going to be amazing. And I remember just sitting there shocked, shocked and appalled um yeah I, I feel really sorry for quatermass too. because i think
0: picture quality mass matches the the, the story
1: or the oh god just <laughs> just the fact that television was not ready literally television was not ready for a script this good mm. and you're you're watching this bizarre sort of scrapes together wish where the script is so brilliant the script is ambitious and they're trying so hard and they're just not there and every time they cut to the film sequences, it's like you're watching something else, something much better. And you suddenly realise why, when they got round to doing Quatermass in the Pit, they just went, "We're going to make it's still live television, but we're going to make most of it on film." Yeah. Because we we know what we're doing, and it's it's just you know you imagine that perhaps some of Nigel Neal's discontentment with television comes to the fact they kept on delivering these brilliant, brilliant scripts, and they gave him the best possible people. And the results just weren't up to it.
0: But are we not judging possibly uh, from the the standards of the time, as opposed to? Sorry, I was judging the standards of now rather than the standards of the time, because you know it was everyone not at the time. Everyone was saying how groundbreaking these were, how you know how brilliant they looked. You just think it's not a case of aging badly, though, rather than.
1: I, I, I think there is some of that but at the same time you can sit down and watch Quatermass in the pit and still be blown away by every single aspect of it whereas Quatermass 2 you're sort of squinting through this misty haze and you're just blown away by every single aspect of it because it's the fact that Nigel Neil's naturalistic dialogue is there but everyone is still talking to pronunciation even the Welshman is talking received pronunciation Welsh. And you have Monica Gray. And, you know, I could bore you with, with my quiet distaste for Quatermass 2 because when it's brilliant, the TV version of Quatermass 2 is the most brilliant thing ever. And obviously, you know, it has the uh, not-sortable favours of a nervous disposition. You know, everything about it is so ready to be brilliant. And the final result just isn't, you know, up to and including when they smack Quatermass full of speed, shove him off into space, stick a space helmet on him, on the for the next half hour. Mm. And you're just there going, oh, God. And then they're running around on a duvet cover draped over some tables going, we're on an asteroid in space. And you just think, my God, the ambition of it. And it's impossible, you know, you can't pick up the script book without being aware of how brilliant it is you know that whole they've turned them into pulp I remember reading that as a kid mm. it was chilling bombs that bombs thing bombs. of the car goes past and a little baby's arm is dangling out of the car on the back of a lorry which
0: the BBFC cut the script stage for the for the film they went no you're not having that yeah um, and that was yeah terrifying bit with,
1: you know it's just the family, and yeah. the idea of mum and dad going for a picnic yeah. that ends in death you know it's it's real and all the people in that government room sat there terrified because they all know and are terrified of the secret because what Nigel Neal is doing is it's not just we've been invaded by zombies but the people who've been invaded know that they've been taken over and they're still terrified mm. you know Quatermass just has to bring out the meteorite and slam it down on the table everyone recoils in horror it's brilliant and it's terrifying and at its best the television version of Quatermass 2 makes you wish the rest of it was at the same level and then you know just a couple of years later, Quatermass and Pitt pit turns up, and you can tell they've gone. Not only do we have the most amazing script, but we actually know how to make a piece of television that will make everybody for the next 50 years sit back and go, how did they do that?
0: Did it in any way, watching Quatermass 2, the TV series, uh, affect your subsequent enjoyment of re-watching John Pertwee or Doctor Who?
1: It's amazing, isn't it? That
0: yeah. You're watching the first episode and just going, oh, spear.
1: Well, all of them. So, yeah. I, I I think, think at some very <laughs> grumpy point in my in my teenage years, I actually made a list of all the Doctor Who stories that were influenced <laughs> by Quatermass, and you you just go, oh lordy, it's about seventy of them that have just sat down. I mean, I know that there are only three plots, but the be, but you know, no wonder Nigel Neal, you couldn't mention Doctor Who to Nigel no. Neal without him just shaking with fury. Because, you know, not only did the BBC own the copyright to Quatermass, they were photocopying it on a weekly basis with <laughs> Doctor Who. And, you know, I, I can understand his mild distaste at something like Seeds of Death, where he's going, it hey, hey, hey. seems a little bit familiar. Uh, and then when the 1970s series of Doctor Who turns up, you can imagine him just sort of sitting, gripping his armchair, screaming until all the cats leave the room. Yeah. Because they've they've sort of taken everything that is brilliant and natural and wonderful and they, you know, entire scenes just turn up photocopied and it's odd because immediately... You know, suddenly that 1970s series of Doctor Who feels more real. And partly that's because they're just taking whole chunks of Nigel Neal and going, we've got some army people, we've got realistic army dialogue, we've got all of the male members of the cast will have at least done a little bit of national service so they at least know how to stand a little bit like soldiers. And suddenly the whole thing feels far more realistic than when you have people in jumpsuits fighting foam. Which is what happened an awful lot the year before. It's
0: the briefcases in Seeds of Death that get me. They've got the super, the, the futuristic jumpsuits and T-Mac and all that, but they're still carrying briefcases. Exactly. It looks, looks, looks <laughs> fucking ridiculous. It it's is. that bit. It,
1: it's the fact that, you know, 1969 Doctor Who is the most pop art Doctor Who oh. you can get. Uh, and then all of a sudden, stuff that is being filmed just six months later suddenly just looks, you know, ev- everyone has comb-overs and doll suits. And it's
0: all very, very, very
1: beige because of the accidental way that these film recordings and TV recordings have been preserved. It all has that sort of wonderfully 1970s ochre feel to it. You know, it really feels like somebody's picked a nostalgia filter on Instagram and gone, I want all Doctor Who to look like this
0: but not too much of the CSO straight off what came sort of overkill or, you know, the yes but there's minimal because use only used for the first time obviously in, 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 in and CS7 it's, but yeah, it's yeah.
1: really realistic especially when mm. you know I'm of the age where I grew up watching that first Tom Pertwee series in black and white because you know for a large amount mm, of time yeah. the only way you could watch the Silurians in colour was to watch the worst VHS copy in the world that would give you if you were lucky, a headache afterwards. If you were unlucky, a migraine during watching. But you're there going, I'm watching a piece of historical television in colour and this is so wonderfully samizdat, whilst at the same time going, my eyes! Um, but, you know, terrible CSO on black and white actually works. You know, I've never had a problem with the ridiculous dinosaur in Doctor and the Silurians because the first time I saw the effect it was in black and white. And I went, I can't see what the problem is.
0: Watching Underworld in black and white. It is an immediate improvement.
1: Watching Underworld. (laughs) (laughs) What would Nigel Neal have made of Underworld?
0: He might have watched. Oh, God. (laughs) We're not not plundering you anymore. We're plundering mythology.
1: Yeah. But, you know, the debt that Doctor Who owes to. Nigel Neal is immense and it's even things like you remember in The Invisible Enemy when they have the the vat full of stuff Mm. and there's this fan theory Mm. that the vat full of stuff is actually unused film footage from the BBC's planned remake of the Quatermass serials.
0: I didn't know that. It's that's a, that's a fan that's theory. A good, that's <laughs> that's and, a and no
1: matter how many times Matt Irvin goes, no, no, no we we, we, we <laughs> honestly just made that special.
0: They're like, well, we know. Because fans
1: <laughs> know. <laughs> fans know
0: best. That, that, the, the danger of certainty. Yeah. So when did you first see Hammer versions? Was that before? The, presumably because you know, well, until, they, until, until the DVD.
1: They, 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 they were... Uh, a, a sort of a Channel 4 guilty pleasure because mm. every now and then you'd be looking at the Channel 4 schedule and up would pop The Abominable Snowmen which, you know, by the sheer title being a Doctor Who fan, I was mm. like, well, oh, this is very interesting and then you'd watch it and go, "Oh, it appears to be Peter Cushing having an existential crisis on a mountain. So still, there's Morris as well. Yeah. yeah you, can... um, you know, again, you're just there watching it going, oh, no... They ripped this off too.
0: <laughs> and Even They, the actors, uh,
1: they stuck Robot Yeti in this. Oh, no. You know, Nigel Neil just going, well, at least I can finally watch something. <laughs> damn it, they've done it again! <laughs> the Quatermass films, but not the good one, uh, would turn up regularly on
0: Channel 4 on a sort of a
1: Saturday or a Sunday afternoon.
0: Just to find the good one.
1: Uh, the one that's in colour.
0: But uh, I'm surprise because it was the only one I'd seen for years. I'd never seen repeats, perhaps... Little bit younger, but I can't remember ever there being Quatermass Experiment. I think I saw it at the, at the cinema the first time, on things like BFI do retrospectives. Quatermass 2, I've never seen it until I got it on DVD. No, well, it, it, it was, it was
1: uh, somewhere I had a VHS copy of it, whereas Quatermass in the Pit, bizarrely, was sort of like a late night ITV. Film. Oh, oh, I
0: see. The, the, when you saw them, they were like afternoon dramas or. Yes. Ah,
1: okay. So, th- so the, the black and white quater masses would potter out in, in a, an afternoon filler slot on Channel 4. But by uh, virtue
0: of the fact, pits in colour, it would be relegated to the late, or, or promoted, depending on how your viewpoint, to the late night slot as a horror film, not, yeah. not as a matinee. I
1: remember a friend of mine at school who, who uh, used to have a television by his bed. I saw the most terrifying film last night and he was describing it. And I went, is that quater mass in the pit? My friend Ian got to see Quatermass in the sodding pit, and you're there going because obviously we we were lucky in that there was the VHS release of Quatermass in the Pit, mm. which is terribly exciting. Uh, so I could forgive Ian for having seen the the glowing colour Hammer film, but you know you watch the video uh, version of Quatermass in the Pit. The BBC is grateful to Nigel Neal for his help and assistance in compiling this version, and you think what the hell? Um, you just imagine Nigel Newell just arriving at the door of the BBC and hammering on it and going, how dare you release this without my involvement? And somebody going, all oh, right. Um, but uh, yes, th- then it became Quatermass in the Pit, the colour version of Quatermass in the Pit, just desperate to see it and finally getting to see it and just just having that weird thing where, whereas Quatermass 2, there is no definitive version of Quatermass 2, sadly. Uh, whereas Quatermass in the pit. There are of two the f- of the film you mean. Of, of of the, the script. Of the script, script of Quatermass 2. There is no definitive version. Because you can be a fan of the TV version despite its flaws. You can be a fan of the film version despite its flaws. Quatermass and the pit, you get to choose between two brilliant versions. You know, if somebody says, oh, I much prefer the Hammer film, you're just there going, oh, I don't think you're right. You can't be right. They're both brilliant. Listen.
2: This was a whistle. I was right. They're coming down by the hundreds. Get Hall. Listen, listen very carefully. If you ever hear a sound like this, run for your life. Run, run before it is too late, for if you stay, you will lose your soul. Coming closer, 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 is an enemy from outer space. From out of this world it came, a horrifying terror that threatened mankind, haunting and possessing every human being within range, an indestructible danger beyond all earthly understanding.
3: Vincent Broadhead is dead. Dead? I watched him die a few hours ago in that plant, his whole body covered with some kind of corrosive poisoning eaten away. It
2: poisoned everything it touched. The mind and the body of man was no longer in his control. They ran from this unknown menace, but there was no escape.
3: We're holding this block. We've got to, at least until the oxygen takes effect. What's in those domes, mister? Yes, it kill Inside those domes are creatures from outside this earth. Are you mad? I've seen them. Thousands of tiny creatures that can join together and expand into things 100 feet high.
0: general opinion of the hammer quite
1: a weirdly i think it's a magnificent film when nobody is speaking okay uh i think it is you know it looks wonderful when it's on location
0: yeah they've got the uh, the, yeah. uh, the moody countryside and the, the reportage stuff the yeah. guests got going on you know all, all
1: that stuff down at TV, the shower refinery it's yeah. Sinister, yeah. you know it's it's absolutely amazing but whenever it's indoors it always appears like the same set redressed it's very, very peculiar because they, cause they've got the rocket control set, which then looks exactly like the police station, which then looks exactly like the other police station, and you then have that weird moment where you're you're looking at the only other indoor set is the village hall mm. area, and the village hall, you're just there going, this, this doesn't look a million miles away from rocket control. It
0: has the same structure with the bar yeah. where... Where Lomax's desk is, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And the only set that you don't actually notice as a set is the uh, propeller room, the propulsion room, the you know the
0: oxygen chamber. Oh, the the, the pressure control room. The pressure yeah. control room. Thank
1: you so much, uh, expert viewing. Um, it's the you notes. Know. That's what I've got them for. I think you know, it, but there is also this very very strange thing where. When you are watching all the stuff filmed at the Shell refinery, it looks very, very similar to the stuff that they filmed in the TV version. It's amazingly sinister. It's redolent of the filming of the TV series, but somehow It's worse, it's more frightening, it's honestly continually frightening. And there are just all these vantage points and there's a real exploration of the space and the scene, the camera angles are very exciting, they shoot the zombies from underneath, they shoot from above. However, whenever you go indoors, it feels like it's filmed TV drama and often they will just do a three-shot, and the camera will just follow three people around, and there'll be no close-ups or anything. Yeah, they're so they're the few close-ups you get, like when the sinister zombie tour guide checks his watch, that's genuinely frightening because suddenly the shot changes. But quite often, the camera will just potter around following the action. There'll be no cuts. There'll be nothing, and you just go, "Oh."
0: And I think there's a good depth of vision in. Oh, those depth those, of field. They're, they're, they're shown, sorry, depth of field in those shots. Obviously, done at the same places. On the top of TV series, but with far longer and far mm-hmm. more money to play with, you've got like three lines of like people running, like, yep. right in the distance running. We're watching our heroes running in the midground, and then there's a guard appears at the top. It looks, yeah, it's that. There's it looks really the time. And to that
1: take him. The, the beautiful way that they've gone. Actually, if we have quatermass running away from the dome, it's just a beautiful, beautiful shot. And that shot where the the doomed people are yep. walking towards the dome, and it's beautiful. And there's still that. They're
0: dwarfed, that, aren't they? In the, yeah. In the mid-ground. Even though they're only in the mid ground. I mean, the, the dome's dwar- the far away from them, but it's, yeah. Dark.
1: And there's, there's still that question in your head about is that a glass shot or mm. is that actually a dome on location? It looks. Everything about the sinister refinery and the. It's the moon project on Earth! Everything about it. It looks completely believable and chilling. And the, the zombies are terrifying. There, there's a real unsettling feeling about it all.
0: They have less dialogue, don't they, than mm. the TV series, which, which obviously works as a, an economic factor, but not tightening the, mm. the script, but certainly work in the eeriness. We open coldly with a car, the couple at the beginning, where he's, yeah, as, as we know, now infected. But it's like um, it's like shot in twilight as they, mm. as, they, as they drive along, and the road is unfinished. It's an unfriendly place as well. I mean... Yeah, he, they nearly crash into Quatermass, which on you know, the other basis looks like a ridiculous coincidence. But you know, so much for so much drama. I like the fact the story almost literally crashes into Quatermass. Yep. As he's and
1: it's it, it's very, very, very efficient. Yeah. But there there is that feeling throughout the film of this is just after the Second World War. Everything yeah. is still being rebuilt, reconstructed. Mm-hmm. The village near Wunderden flats with all the identical houses, and you you glimpse it in long shot near the refinery. You know they're going. Have they? Did they build a cheap town? Is that a really lovely map painting? How is that just really there? How have they done that? Because it's brilliant.
0: It's, it's the new building. It's Hemel Hempstead being built, isn't it?
1: Oh my God, it's Hemel Hempstead. It's Hemel Hempstead,
0: yeah. They wow. went and filmed in a new town being constructed.
1: But it's just brilliant because you keep on glimpsing yeah. it in long shot from the back of the shell refinery, and it's quite sinister. You know, the the idea of all these identical houses that have been built and all these identical marching people in masks in the foreground it really does create the idea that society is being remade but not to suit the people in it and the only rough edges that you have are all the irish workers who are all shambolic and run by the camp commandant you know there's a real sense of uh, people or being put steward. The shop steward. steward. Um, well, I, think he's
0: called, I mean, he's, he's called the secretary. But it's the camp the secretary. secretary. Yeah. You know, it's, there's, it, something, there's something sinisterly communist. Yes,
1: you, you're that. just like the camp secretary. It's a camp, but it's a town. There's a real sense of, of just sort of unease, which in many ways is, I'd say, better in the TV version. But they've got less time for yeah. it. But they really give you that idea of this is not as jolly as it seems. It's forced fun. And it's the idea that they're containing all the rough edges of the workers in smaller and smaller boxes.
0: So after the the main titles, we've got into when Quatermass has has picked up the the bits of meteor that have fallen and infected this guy or burnt this guy, as the, mm. the woman says. We go back to um, what's now the experimental rocket group. British has been exercised yeah. as an exercise for the name. But before then, we see is it we have our uh, Brand and Marsh, um, the assistants Marsh from the returning from the first film. Uh, although played by Brian Forbes, who will go on to be director of, what was it, Whistle Down the Wind and Stepford Wives, uh, head of MI Studios, um, but most importantly Emma Forbes' dad from wow. from um, Going Live. They have their spearhead moment, but it's nowhere near as obvious as it is in the is the thing. But when Quatermass immediately comes in and does that thing that Brian Donlevy is best known for, which is just demanding answers from people when people start answering, shouting over them because it's not what he wants, and then trying to have a moment of, of humility by apologising because he's in a bad mood because the British government cutting his, his project. I'm still wondering, as this, though this is a sequel and you, know, you don't need to watch the first one trying to appreciate this, the conversations that took place between the end of the first film and mm. this one of, with Quatermass and the, and the Rocket Group funding. Your, I'm on the government side. Yeah, your last piece of funding, like, do you know how many people you got killed Yeah. Uh, with no remorse? No, I, with no apparent learning knowledge you brought back a a hostile alien life form that nearly ended life on the planet why are we still funding this now you want to go to the moon
1: yeah and there's quite a going I I have to go to the moon like I'm not letting on the moon
0: we often bulk at Doctor Who 70s era government project decisions and and yeah, nuclear power stations blowing up, but there's got to be sort of a lot of a lot of questions being but asked there, about the, the, w- the wisdom of their funding here.
1: There is a parallel between John Pertwee's Doctor Who and Brian Donlevy's Quatermass. You have In the arrogance. They do have a habit of entering a room and alienating everyone in it. You know, the demons, yeah. where John Pertwee turns up in a village and immediately insults everyone, and then finally ends up insulting the devil, uh, which is, you know, like, like the John Pertwee Doctor Apogee. But there's are charmed to John Pertwee's Doctor. There's a sense where it's partly an act, whereas Brian Donnelly's Quatermass enters every room as though he hates it.
0: Also, with the third Doctor, I get the impression that whatever I, I know, he's cleverer than me. Yeah, cleverly, everyone else, else in the room. There's nothing about Don Levy's Quatermass that says to me brilliant scientist. No, just says to me bully, gumshoe. Frankly, in the first film, he's the villain of the piece almost. Mm. Could to say Lomax. Who, yeah, you know, the, 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 just the
1: don't dark, don't trust Quatermass. No. and you you know his. Workers, you you wouldn't call them his team, his drones are there going, well, we just decided to work unpaid into the night to solve a mystery that might cause some problems on our next rocket launch. And he's there going, how dare you do this? How dare you be dedicated to your job? Anyway, they stole my rocket from me. And you're there going, you are horrible, horrible. And I've worked at the BBC for seven years. I know what horrific managers are. And you look at Brian Donlevy's Quatermass and you go, my God, sir, you are a monster.
0: I like the fact that he's just said, I would refuse it to be used on any, any, any yeah. other project, anything other than our central yeah. project. By the way, our central project, yeah, they just cut the funding. Yeah. So what's the point anyway? Yeah,
1: there, there's that grotesque moment when the, the one woman worker on the team... Uh, the secretary. The secretary, yeah. And you know, step
0: back compared to having his daughter. At least, whatever. At least having a character, a a, a science character, a a positive character in that. But TV series is a a step back
1: here. When he just goes, go outside, check the cars there. The car's outside there. Go outside and check the car. And you're just there going. The number of people who must sit in the toilets at that research centre, just crying quietly, while people just sort of hand tissues underneath the cubicle door and go, "It's not you, it's everyone." He's just difficult. You know, thank God they didn't have Twitter then, because it, there would just be so many people. He, he would be me-tooed immediately. Because could you imagine the Christmas party with Brian Quater Quatermass?
0: I'm not sure he'd go. Would he go?
1: No, he'd turn up and they'd all make their excuses and leave.
0: You, know, you I, mean he'd make a sort of like, a sort of ghastly attempt to try and be nice for the one yep. time of the year and everyone would like, trying to shout in a slightly lower tone. You
1: know, know. He'd, he'd try and make small talk wearing a paper hat and everyone would just be backing away. And you know, watching this, I couldn't help but imagine what Quatermass in the Pit would have been like with Brian Levy in it. No, it's,
0: there's no heart to it. With, yeah. with I mean. there's there's or- no
1: warmth. You know, what's great about Quatermass in the Pit? You know, Andre Morell. You know, that that whole idea of this sensitive man who is just duffed up by the government.
0: It's it's always it seems to be a scientist that's just yeah. just at the forefront of their field. But beyond the limits of, of human experience, so he's by very nature out of his depth and trying his absolute best in an impossible situation. Yep. And you don't get that from You, no. don't, you don't feel the the anxiety or, of the character.
1: No, Quatermass um, in the pit. You know, you just end up with Brian Don Levy stood on a crane shouting at Hobb. Hob, punching Hob, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
0: electrocuting Hob in the very direction yep. and not dying.
1: You know, he, he'd be leading the wild hunt. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: well, you know, there's 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 just a lack of softness to the man. Um, and, you know, the fact that even Nigel Neal, in his introductions just describes him as a bully and a drunk.
0: Yeah, I mean, I get, I get the impression, and uh, Nigel Neal's quote on Don is quite famous, saying he needed an idiot board, had no idea what the scene was doing, and Val Guest refuting that. I get the impression that... Nigel Neal's praise or criticism of people is often very black and white you're either awful or you're yeah he's he's alright and I suspect that he wasn't paralytically drunk all the way through but you know needed some reminding of where he was and what to do and what scene he was in but I I mean how unusual is it to go into a to a scene of the thing shot out of sequence just saying right well, clarifying where are we in the script what was the previous scene that doesn't seem that unusual but
1: there's a thing about because I, I i did some research for dvd extra about industrial action in the 1970s in the world of television and there are some interesting quotes from nigel Neal about how there were problems on the year of the sex olympics and it's like well eventually we just sent down some commissioners and they just
0: threw the devils out
1: and talking about it with a union rep who was just going that would never have happened <laughs> Um, you know, you, you get the feeling that Nigel Neal always reached for the calamity button on the shelf and in fact lower down
0: there were perhaps sort of some we can work through this out here's the through as well. I do think these early scenes, particularly it's probably because you see the model of the Moon Project, they do a better job of scene setting than the T V series. When you come to see the actual Moon Project built in Northumbria as it has to be countryside. You've got an immediate connection to mm. you've 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 already seen it. But nevertheless, Quatermass gives Marsh the meteor frag, or the, the stones, which you know they are to analyse. But when they connect them to the meteor fall that there's been nearby, he does seem very quick to drop everything else and just follow this. This is now his from shouting at his team to concentrate on the project and then deciding he needs to relearn nuclear physics, which that doesn't really go anywhere. I, I don't see what the the government's questioning his funding or his decision-making on the rocket. We know in a, a neat little seeding scene with him and Brand that the rocket doesn't work and will turn into an atomic bomb if, if you attempt to use it, to suddenly dropping everything and I'm going to follow up what's happened with these strange yes, people is this sky.
1: It's almost like a moment of... You know, you keep on talking about the man's secret humility. Yeah. But it's the fact that he's like, oh, I'm going to go back to school, I'm going to relearn everything. And there is a bit of you that goes, you've built a rocket that's a bomb. Yeah. And you're upset that they're taking your funding away. And there's a, there's a real sense with Quatermass, certainly the film version of Quatermass, you just go, I wouldn't give you money. No. You're not... You know, you manage to build a rocket that goes into space and unleashes a death monster... Your second attempt at a rocket is a bomb. You know, no wonder they're looking at militarising it, because you're just sitting there going, this man should be loading weapons, he shouldn't be trying to save the human race.
0: So Marsh and Quatermass set off to find where these uh, meteorites have fallen. They're quite specific in this, they follow the road to Carlisle. Yes,
1: and the north.
0: Yeah, I wondered if it was, because this isn't the case for the um, TV series, but there's um, R E F. Uh, forgive my pronunciation, Spaderdam? where they test you're just showing off now oh, I I was looking at it as, as to why why the northeast and they the, in the it was built in the late 1950s and they were they were testing ICBMs including the blue streak oh. which I understand is a rocket not the transformer uh, so I wondered if they were just trying to set it in a, near a real that's where they were testing up in the middle of in the in the middle of nowhere but I don't know whether you know, post war or whatever as well real-life houses or villages were just demolished. I mean, there's quite a lot of empty space yeah, in, the, in Northumbria if they needed to demolish it.
1: But sort of the same thing happened with Salisbury Plain. Mm. You know, that idea yeah, that lots yeah. of people found themselves relocated. Yeah. Um, you know, that there, there, there is that real sense of... It sort of links to the, f- the mass conclusion with the idea that Salisbury Plain has Stonehenge in the heart of it, which sort of links us to Ringstone Round. Mm. There's there's a real sense of just almost... It makes sense of the massive coincidence, the idea that the Rocket Group might happen to be not very far from Wyndham Flats because there's not much around there, which sort of makes sense of it all. But also, I think we're still in pre-Motorway England, so the idea that every road would have looked a little bit like a back road... Somewhere near a film studio.
0: And places took a long time to get to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, because they say that the meteorites land about 90 miles away. So, we're 90 miles from somewhere in the northeast. So, we're Cumbria. Do you get the impression in the first film? I get it like the, the rocket group seems nearer London. And perhaps that's just a London centric mm-hmm. thing of, of, of looking at it that you're, everything important takes place in the southeast of England. I Lincoln imagine office. they've
1: moved him further and further that's away. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, just they found the, another slightly disused airfield. Field
0: quickly that'll get him.
1: you've got more space it's not an emotion you've got more space
0: well you would you would launch rockets from from where there isn't much in the way of human habitation wouldn't you especially
1: yeah. if it's a flying
0: bomb, a get a form which an ox there's no authorization to to, 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 yeah. to, to take off so the the road run the fork of the road they they follow runs out and um, quite a mess is something odd to um, Marsh, she says, like don't go off off the road. Have a walk around. It's it might be mined. But I'm guessing again that was a, a World War Two thing. Yeah, like, there was a lot of defensive areas that were mined. I
1: mean, even yeah. the fact that they're getting out of cars with lots of signs saying danger, really dangerous, absolutely dangerous. Don't go this way. Completely dangerous. But it also creates that sort of slightly sinister feeling where you think, well, people driving their cars would probably have been quite used to seeing signs yeah, like that at the yeah. time. True but then that feeling that those strange creatures just emerge from the bushes and watch them go. Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? You yeah. Know,
0: the black-clad figures walking into... Again, it's emerging from, from the countryside. Like, M.R. James' story is often set, well, set in the countryside, but it's often like the height of summer. Mm. It's, the, it's, the mo- it's England at its most beautiful, and there's something fucking horrible in there that might, that might get you, and this is like something literally emerging in black. They don't say anything, and, you know, it's not even obvious that Marsh and Quatermass have clocked them as they turn the car around to go around the other... The, the other fork but just the silence is uh, of danger emerging from the trees anyway sorry
1: also one of the great things about any uh, alien invasion thing like this by stealth is that the conspiracy always has to seem very efficient and the zombies do seem really very efficient. You know, it's the idea that Quatermass has only been there... They've only just parked up and are working out where to put the picnic blanket... And already the zombies are just emerging. They've yeah, they're, been they're, waiting.
0: They're there anyway. Either they're omnipresent... Yeah, they're or, always or they or they they watching. And that, you know, that return to why, why Cybermen scare, scare children. They're always walking. There's no running or yeah. urgency about them. The unwritten belief they don't have to. Always and that,
1: that lovely sense... Because uh, I think it's after... Is it Marsh is attacked. And Quatermass is looking around for help, and you see they're driving up the road, they're, they're walking down the hill towards oh, yeah, him. Yeah, and then another one just pulls right into shot right behind. And you just yeah, go, these, the, There are a lot of these people, and they're very, very efficient. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead. No, of that. no,
0: that's so as well. Up as well, They go down the other fork, and that's when, well, initially, Quatermass, you see a, a ruined village, a quite small village, a ruined five houses or something, which bombed out. But he sees his moon project. Mm. built in that and one bit I like there if I'll be I'll I'll, I'll praise Brian Don Levy and then I'll imme- immediately qualify it. I like the fact that he won't believe it. No no there must be some explanation even though like my nightmare no. is just there it's Marsh going, Look, you've got to deal with this. This is enormous and your brain going no and then looking around seeing, yeah, you know, there's lots of these meteorites have fallen. But then Brian Don Levy seems to try and make a joke about flat and flats and gives up halfway through. He goes, like, Yeah, it's been bulldozed f- f- flats and it peters out and it's almost like guest has just gone just try it you know just try and lighten the character a bit. have have a joke and then Don Levy gives over half, gives, gives uh, up half uh, of the you know, flats but then uh, Marsh finds a particular what is it a complete meteorite or something and then and gas escapes and uh, he sees Don Levy thinks he sees something on Marsh's face Marsh collapses and he has he has then a mark
1: and it's, it's one of those lovely things that is repeated from the TV series where because they say, did you see it, the bubble on his face... And you're always there going, There's nothing there. No. But because they keep on telling you this, you're just like, I'm sure I missed it. And even this time, you know, the, the glory of DVD is being able to go frame by frame No, there's nothing no. there. And you go, Of course there isn't, because it would be impossible. But they managed to suggest yeah, it.
0: Both in time and gossip. Yeah, and whatever they showed you know, would no would not be as effective. You go, What, yeah. what, what? And the thing you can't you, you, yeah. you can't see, it's the disappearing insect, it's the, yes. it's the spider that you can't see when you turn the light on it's suddenly and you know, it's all sold by just holding yeah. throughout it, it's holding your face. I like the way I did that there, because, you know... Yeah, could, yeah I mean, the,
1: it. The, the worst moment is the Raspberry Jam moment with the barmaid, where she slaps her hand across her neck, yeah. takes it away, and there's the mark there, and they go, there's something on your neck, and you go, oh, I know how you did that. You I know the, how you did the magic there. hope editing would be a
0: bit sharper on that. But um, brutality around, because when the guards arrive to take Marsh, they club quite a bit, yep. quite, 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 quite. And then
1: crazy. drive his car up to him, so to it's sort say, of like yeah. chauffeur service. Yeah.
0: We can take you any time. Yeah, the, is the,
1: it's the, the, so the, sinister. You know, yeah. the, the idea of, the, of one of the zombies just driving his quite ugly car up to him and then them sort of escorting him in, so it's really... It, again, it's the idea of this sort of courteous efficiency that the zombies exude, which is chilling. We're heading towards colonialism here, aren't we? I think that might,
0: yes. yeah, yeah as well. We, but in many ways, this is, this yep. is reverse. This is communist takeover. Of it. But yeah, there's that feeling of, you know, we're all around, the, the British state is all around. This is terribly nice, just just do this, thank you. And yeah, where you, you have, like, religious cult types smiling at yes. you. No, 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 do this. No, 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 do this. No, 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 do mm. this. And it will never crack, even as they stab you, stab you, stab you in the face. Quatermass, unsurprisingly, feeling rather helpless and distressed at losing Marsh. Um, well he initially goes to the, to the, new, to the new town of Willerton Flats which he doesn't drive because we're supposed to be in Northumbria uh, we drive to Hemel Hempstead um, now he asks the local person where the police, police, police station is and there isn't a police station which these days is you, know, yeah. stand, why yeah. would, you wouldn't even think to, for, to, to look for.
1: nearest police station to, is to, 15 miles away, away. Yeah, and it's like
0: why, why wouldn't there be it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big deal again presumably from the you know, time after the war as well because in the TV series this takes place in an office but here we're in a village hall preparing for a dance yep. which somehow just I suppose it's, it make, I mean, the leadership of this place is uh, the camp secretary the authority figure here has nothing better to do than prepare for a party because that's that's, that's that's all that's all the stuff he has he asks and there's you know, the enforced politeness of who are you but at the moment he asks about the camp it's immediately piss off.
3: There's a lot of questions you're asking? There's a perfectly simple question. Are they? Our people are working on this project, mister. They're construction workers building it and getting good money. In return, we're asked to keep our mouths shut, same as in wartime, see? Now, listen, I just drove near that place. Why, didn't you see the next one? My nurses? companion was suddenly affected. Be- well, he was taken ill. Before I could get him out of there, the guards from that plant came and arrested him. The guards? You've gotten into trouble with the guards. One of them took a swipe at me with his rifle.
2: Well, then you shouldn't have been
3: there. Listen, my friend's life may be endangered. He may need skilled help. He'll get that in the plant. Oh, well, they've got everything there. Well, let's make sure. Give me the police station at Crawley. No, that won't do you no good. We'll find out. Go and talk to him if you like, but not from here. The police couldn't do anything. She's right. They wouldn't touch it. Is that so?
0: I think. You... Probably more in the in the TV series, but the subtlety of they've got like those 974s, and a distinctive logo, so they can call back to it from the trucks later, which is which is which is a which 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 is which is a nice touch. But the bit I like in this scene is he goes to find the police, and is immediately told, "Don't find the police." Told to leave, and then the phone rings, and then it's just like, "No, it's a mistake." Yes. Whoever like was going to vote knew very quickly something something was. Oh, yeah,
1: it's just so efficient. <laughs> yeah. That that's the thing that's yeah. always so unsettling about this: the fact that no, what, no matter what Quatermass is doing, they're already three steps ahead. They know they're everywhere. They're efficient. It's it's actually really really chilling if you could just ignore Brian Donnelly being in the film, and it's it's such because it's it, it's not a bad performance, but it's it it's not what the script needs
0: yeah do you think there was ever any um, possibility if they could have just go well, we'll just get a different quote sort guests would always just go we have to use him because the first film was very was very well received and therefore why, why would we not do you get the impression I suppose uh, anybody else like really, really at the time I mean, really hate Don levy in the role other than Nigel Neal? because if they don't then it's just there's no reason not to have Don levy in the in, the, in their role even though now watching it, he's the, he's the main thing that spoils.
1: But it's, it's so strange because you, you, you just look at how the, the BBC managed to find three actually quite brilliant, diffident, self deprecating, patrician figures as Quatermass. Not necessarily people you'd like to be stuck in a lift with, but people who you could admire because they are or just.
0: But you, you just believe they're scientists no. at, the, at the absolute limit of, of their. Uh, beyond the limit of, the, of, of their endurance.
1: Yeah, and, and just the, the whole idea of, well, we're just going to hire a boxer. And it, it it just creates a different energy. And, you know, you, you can tell that there must have been some slight unsettled quality about it. Because by the time they went to Quatermass in the pit, they went, oh, what
0: about him? Enough time's gone that we yeah. don't need. yeah. I didn't they even check. Don Levy was still alive in the 60s, just about.
1: Probably because yeah. he lived till he was seventy-one, which I thought, you know, well done.
0: Oh yeah, you know that
1: thing when you know when you hear a heavy drinker's made it into their seventies, you go,
0: oh, well done. It's like when you see like Paul McGann now is older than William Hartnell was when he was cast as Doctor Who. And I was like, and it's so hot.
1: That's the really worrying thing about Paul McGann because when he was Doctor Who, you were just like, well, that's Doctor Who. You know, Doctor Who is not a fanciable figure, and then you see Paul McGann now, and you go, "Ooh, Daddy," <laughs> which is weird, because you know that is, should not be your reaction to Doctor Who.
0: So Quatermass does finally go to the police station that's fifteen miles away, but this scene feels just like a massive filler. There's nothing yeah. in there other than he's just told, "We can't help you." I suppose it's it it, it it just shows that the chain goes one bit more, one bit higher. They say they can't interfere because they've got orders directly from Whitehall, which doesn't really feel like a
1: you know, should lot. anybody come in and ask you about the secret conspiracy that's going on twenty miles away? Yeah. Don't do anything, and you think, oh, quite, quite curious. But again, you know, it's the, the conspiracy very very efficient.
0: Yeah, that's what I suppose. But just adds, adds, adds that layer. I suppose the going anywhere. But then he goes to oh no, it's, he goes back to the rocket group first, doesn't he? And tells um, Brand to put security on, and uh, and oh that's right, and helpfully he tells him what happened, and thus. Conveniently summarizing the plot story so far, which if you've come in late from the matinee or you've gone for a wee, it's a useful. I think that's where they introduce, um, they've built the, uh, a model of what the, the meteor looks like. Now, did I miss something? Because Marsh has already found a complete one. Is this the th- you know, the model they build of the meteor and then it looks like a. a I,
1: I, it does feel like it's contraction from, because the TV series, they find the bits, they put the bits together, yeah.
0: and they said, this is what it looked like it yep. fell. But because the scene where they she shows them that you know that with the, with the fins and everything yeah so with with the obvious message this is designed it's manufactured
1: yes you know it's uh, it, it's a sudden leap because they're talking about well you know we we we've extrapolated this from the metal stresses on the oars there's there's a real thing where you go God there's a
0: lot of science here whilst at the same time chinny reckon given I, I I mean one thing I mean you make the huge leaps that are made yep. through through guesses and exposition are, are one thing but it's. It's the fact Marsh has had a complete meteor yep. that didn't look like that. Mm. It just looked like a, l- a larger lump of complete yep. rock. Is the finned thing meant to be com- like? Are these the meteor's meant to be inside that? Because that's not what Marsh picked up. No, because
1: like, it's it, it's supposed to be. I, was
0: confused, so I, th- I, I
1: I think one person in the design department right, okay. did one bit, and one person in the design department did another, yeah. and it all <coughs> excuse me, it all makes a lot more sense in the TV version. But then you know you hear Val Guest saying Nigel Tom as it was called then, delivered a script and it was far too over-length and we had to take a lot of things out. And there is that enormous leap because all of a sudden you're talking about aliens from beyond the Earth and it's not landed on you as a big da-da-da moment. There is no, no. point. You, all of a sudden you've gone from things falling from the sky to its aliens and there's, there's no, you know, unless you're, unless you're watching it under the title Enemy From Space... There is actually no moment where they go, this is clearly Aliens. It's almost like announced as an aside.
0: Is that because the audience is coming to this and know that the last time we saw Mass, Aliens came in a spaceship. So it's just, look, the audience expecting it's Aliens. It's going to be about Aliens. When we reveal it's Aliens, that big deal. Yeah. That's, the audience, that's, the, that's the expectation of the audience.
1: And also there's, there's a slight thing, and I, I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but because this is effectively the first announced sequel, uh, if you're watching the English version with two in the title, uh, they appear to have drawn slightly more parallels with maybe it's the same aliens as from the Quatermass experiment. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you would assume that the strange thing that's in orbit beneath the apogee of the Earth...
0: On the dark side uh, of the Earth.
1: Yeah, yeah. sadly, we've, we've lost the TV series line where they go, well, it's called the Bieber variation, and you oh. just go, wow! Um
0: up there with the Van Allen belt. I know, you're uh <laughs> Bieber variation.
1: Uh, and, uh, but it's that lovely moment where uh, they're almost saying, well, this is, this is where the aliens from the first thing come from. Because when when we reach the conclusion, and here is a massive spoiler, they don't look a million miles away from the monster at the end of the Quatermass experiment. No. So it almost creates that idea of, well, this is the same monster having another go.
0: You're right. So having failed to get anywhere with either... Uh, the inhabitants of the new, the being built hamill Hempstead, and the local the local Quite a Quetamas descends on on New Scotland Yard, but on the way there, because uh, he drives into into central London and parks outside Scotland Yard, because that's the thing you could do in nineteen fifty 1950, seven. Yes, isn't there
1: even a shot at some point where somebody parks outside Baker Street Station? Is there?
0: Okay. Oh, it could have been something else. Everyone can just park it's the, in London. Yeah, it's and not just just Whitehall. Yeah. It's like to, to turn off Whitehall and park. The idea that London is no more difficult to park in than a provincial UK market town. Um, yeah. And you know, he's at the traffic lights, isn't he, at Trafalgar mm-hmm. Square, because it's when you see two lorries going by and you have. Dylan, Dylan, You James Bernard's sinister, there's something wrong, strings. When you see two trucks with large equipment and the logo we've seen in Hemel Hempstead.
1: Very Age of Darkness.
0: Yes. Yeah, and as well, because calling back as well. So much so that he forgets traffic etiquette and has to be beeped. It's a brave man that beeps Brian Donlevy in the car. I'm surprised Brian Donlevy doesn't just get out and shoot him dead. But here he goes to Scotland Yard to see his old friend, Inspector Lomax, who isn't Jack Waller anymore. Because Jack I was Jack-
1: going to ask. They do do a lot of recasting in these crater mass things.
0: Well, we've now he's now... Dixon of Dot Green has now Dick taken him. off. I assume whether there's yeah. a, a possibility of... He was always going to do it as well but um since i think the first mass film he hadn't done the blue lamp yet and now he's probably, perhaps he's too big rather than just too busy but jack warner isn't um it's a chap called john London, who i'd never seen anything but i checked and he's got a huge cv but like like people of that age who that have got things that have just never been seen since the five million films they made in the 30s because that's when they were making them as well but i did check uh, that he's in a film called the ghosts of barclays square the only reason I, I mention it is next month I'm seeing that the BFI is projecting the archive strand that Joe Bottom and Vic Pratt do, and it's very good. Congratulations, you. That's just a plug there for the BFI. Oh, being so. Very, 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 very nice to me. Anyway, he goes in and says hello, and then Glomax has a line like, well, it's like well, the last time I saw you, like, you know... <laughs> Everything went to shit, basically, yes. but in a, in a far-friendly way. And it's the, and the first thing it reminded me of, because, Agent, when you the order you watch things, is Michael Craig in Terror of the Vervoids. <laughs> Tonka Travers. Uh, yes, it's the... Uh, last time you were here, I was caught up in the house of mayhem and intrigue. <laughs> oh, God, who wrote this? No, 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 that felt very bad.
1: We had no end of trouble last time you were seen here. Great amounts.
0: Yes, that's the sort of thing, yeah. Um,
1: oh, there's, yeah. there's that wonderful uh, idea of... Uh, all the authority figures who Quatermass goes to sort of belong to this weird, avuncular, patrician idea of authority who will just, you know, we're there to help. You know, we play good cricket and we're sportsmanlike. But that
0: play, that pays into yeah. the, the possession yeah. of the alien as they're, they're, they've got it as well. They're, they're almost ripe to be taken over because they're you know, stuck up and... You know. They're just waiting for
1: somebody very efficient sense. to turn up.
0: But that's not Quatermass. <laughs> well, you know, it's the only that Quatermass turns up, and everyone's
1: like, oh, dear, we've got to in another little bit of a mess. Well, let's have a little look-see and see what we can sort out. Well,
0: it doesn't help that he's not British either, no. in that sense. And there's like, you know, there's perhaps, car, I mean, presumably cast with, with one eye on, on, on the US market, but this perennial outsider in the way that Quatermass isn't. No. He's, he's meant to be very British stiff up a little you know, with, with that
1: there's such a difference between andrew and morel sort of like oh let's just go to our club and uh, order some sandwiches and have a sit down and and, and, and just talk this over and the brand olive you think of i found a room where the door isn't locked i've opened the door and i'm shouting <laughs> until somebody <laughs> will listen
0: but even lomax is warns Quatermass uh, quite a mass of Winston flats and saying you know he has a line something like trust you to ruin a beautiful friendship and is it a beautiful friendship? Yeah. The last time I saw you, you basically had screwed everything up, caused an alien invasion, hadn't learned anything, and then just pissed off to start ma- making more rockets while we we, we cleaned up the mess.
1: Uh-huh. So that's not a friend. You know, they don't really go to tourmalinos together, or, do I they? Mean,
0: well, that's, I don't think just male friends in the 1950s did that in any way. They, I don't, yeah. they, they don't basically drink a, a, yeah, a pint of no. nutty brown ale in a, in a, in a, in a, in a bar. They, they don't swap birthday cards. No, their wives or no. That's well. There's uh, sadly there's not um, uh, Lomax's wife in this one because there was the rare bit of humour in the first one with the, uh, the running joke about he never has time to eat or uh, he's in time to shave properly, and his wife's running behind oh, him. Saying, God,
1: I'm sorry. remembering this because it's been years since yeah. I saw the film. Yeah.
0: yeah. There's, there's there's that nice grounding because that's the nice contrast with Lomax and Quatermass. The first film is that you like yeah. Lomax because he's nice and friendly and bumbley and silly as well. And Crater is the arsehole, so you go for you go for leather. But here, Langdon's also, or London sorry, is also a bit abrasive and a bit and, 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 and a bit efficient. Ev-
1: everyone just seems to exist in offices.
0: I, I know, but I mean, it's, you could argue the same about line of duty. Yeah. None of them have got personalities outside of them. I mean, they try to sort of shoehorn in, you
1: know. Let's go and, 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 and woodenly play some snooker yeah. together in a pub. A drink
2: a Peroni.
3: Funny, I was only saying to the wife the other day. Inspector. I've- just how much do you know about a place called Winnerton Flats? What's going on there? What's its purpose? I thought better of you, spoiling a beautiful friendship. What do you mean? You must know as well as I do that Winnerton Flats is top secret. Secret? You put a label like that on anything and law and order goes out the window, is that it? Now look here, sir. It's your little habit to ride roughshod over everything and everything. These are pieces will... of an object found near Winnerton Flats. But uh,
0: Lomax does suggest that. Uh, Quatermass talked to uh, an MP called Vincent Broadhead, who's also investigating Wellington Flats. Now, in the chain of coincidences that, that exist for the plots of these of these, of these to work, in the TV series, the big coincidence is that on the day he goes to see... Uh, well, it's not Lomax, is it? Because mm-hmm. no, no, there is no Lomax in the TV series. The day he goes to see The Civil Servant uh, to, to, to help him is the day that Broadhead has... A select committee or so meeting with with the relevant people and quite a of us can, can just join that here the instance which I which seems a little yeah it's a little less heavy-handed but you know, whatever you go with them is that when he meets uh, broadhead uh, who is I think meant to be an opposition mm. m- m- MP there's something more working class about him that you're meant to think it's it's labor
1: well, There's there's something weird and I spotted uh which is probably on your list uh but he keeps on referring to himself as not I Billy Broadhead yes he refers to his but his girl, name's then. Vincent
0: oh i didn't spell that ah.
1: so I, I don't know if there's weird oh, did, yeah, rewriting right. going on yes, but yeah. um, you know whenever you see the newspapers it's Vincent Broadhead but yeah, he refers to himself right. as Billy and, it is, it is. and you cannot contract Vincent to Billy no there, there's, there's nothing so Perhaps I, it's like tom
0: and it's not and it's and it's his his first name therefore him by his middle name william
1: Vincent Billy
0: Broadhead. It, it,
1: it, it's quite odd because it, it, it feels, especially with the strange accent he's sporting, like he might be quite posh but pretending to not be. So you know, it's like I'm Vincent to my friends, but to my people, I'm Billy.
0: He's he, he's an odd character. He's but the coincidence with this one is he's just after a three-month wait that yeah. very day being granted. I
1: know, assistance. it's like the conspiracy just turns up in yeah. the scene. Just the two have Ooh. met, they're chatting, and then all of a sudden, hello, I've got your invitations to death.
0: Which stops the coincidence being irritating and makes it quite scary. Yeah. I thought that was, in fact, there's a lovely, that with the, the unnamed man who's the guide. And then now,
1: he is my favourite actor in the whole thing. He is so sinister, and he do, just does it with little looks and smiles. And Yes, yeah, he's wonderfully downplayed, isn't it? If yeah. I'd done any research, I would have looked him up. But I just think he's amazing, because he manages this look that just basically says, I am possessed by pure alien evil, but I'm also incredibly charming.
3: Are you Mr. Broadhead? Ah, oh, that's right. Oh, you, the chap with my pass for the inspection party this afternoon? Fine, it only took three months. Oh, I was wondering whether I might bring somebody along. Yes, that's right. This gentleman here. Name? Quetimus. Yes, I think that'll be in order. Just a minute, please. Well, looks as though I should have brought you along three months ago. The inspection party will assemble for transport at 2pm in Parliament Square. Fine, that just gives us time for a bite of lunch. It doesn't always take three months. Are you coming, Quetimus? Yes. Thank you. You've just over an hour. And do please try to be punctual. We have a very tight schedule ahead of us.
1: All the best lines. Uh, And all the best looks, you know that moment where he checks his watch, and you see, (coughs) excuse me, his possessed evil wrist, Uh, and it's just wonderfully chilling. And the fact that he's organised a a thing. He says, "Well, the cars will be out the front. You've got an hour, and we'll be there in two hours." Yeah. Also driving from
0: Northumbria to to London pre with, I I I drove back from Annick the other week. It took seven hours. Wow. They're not going to drive that in two hours.
1: but it's it, it's a very neatly organised thing and it's it's a good contraction because the the T V series makes it absolutely plain that what they're doing is they're inviting a series of uh, people in power and taking these to and flats and then infecting so them. them
0: yeah, as well. Oh yeah, because they, they have that scene. it's in the coffee shop, isn't it? Yeah. And they get the guy says, Yeah, oh, yeah, it's another trip I'm organising.
1: And it's, it, it's sort of, uh, it, it's a really good contraction of that to, it's basically done in about five minutes, but the point lands, and lands brilliantly, that anybody who has any questions about Winnendon Flats immediately goes off to Winnendon Flats and comes back different.
0: Which is works, <coughs> which again, which is works by well, the, the, the contraction when he says, oh, can I just bring my friend with me, even though I've been waiting three months? Yeah, it's quite right. a bit. Yeah, you can. Because basically, I want to get rid of you. Yes.
1: What's the name? Quatermass. Yes. And it's the look yeah. in his eyes, and the fact that nobody even knows who Quatermass is at this point. No. But, but the way that the conspiracy goes, no, we know. Yeah. We know exactly who you are. Which even makes sense. Just I've realised talking about it with you makes sense for a massive conclusion at the end when the zombies turn up at the rocket base. Yes, with Marsh. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's no reason for them no. to. Absolutely none. Um, but
0: since they've had Marsh, it's yes. like you know they're going. They're going, yeah. to, they're, they're going to be there analysis
1: as well. It's, it's odd in that you talk about co- coincidence, but it actually makes a lot more sense than you would imagine. It's just underneath the surface. True. that's the way that conspiracies work. Conspiracies only work if you can completely believe that they're incredibly efficient. And this is a very, very efficient, creepy conspiracy.
0: I like how um, the reasoning behind uh, Broadhead's uh, suspicions because he's he's told, or sorry, I think it's Lomax that tells, that tells Quatermass, finally what the what the supposed purpose of the of, of the plant of the plant is which is um uh synthetic food is it for the developing world i think it's all just you know austerity britain post-war people couldn't feed world. themselves yeah. i think rationing was only just being phased out although unlike the tv series again i think it's it's because the tv series has overseas this is like one plant of many isn't it yeah they don't mention that in in, in the, not that it's the overseas one although it tries to get in the the global level of the conspiracy it doesn't really hit home enough for the the necessarily care about it but i like the fact that broad uh, the broadheads rationale is that well if they are doing this where's the infrastructure setup where's the, tr- where's, the distrib- yes. where's the distribution where's the marketing where's the marketing yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, you know he's sales. thought yeah. about it it's, they're really really practical reasons as to like you're developing something but the, other than the product you need the ability to distribute and tell people about it and, like, it's it's really that's I mean, efficient police work
1: there, there is real subtlety because he's. You've got Billy Broadhead just going. Well, if they are making corn, I don't understand how we're supposed to be eating it. Yeah. And meanwhile, you've got the subtle thing of the penny, which is gradually dropping with Quatermass, that he's built the Moon Project so that humans can survive on another planet. And somebody's gone. What if we turn this on our head? But it's, it's all done very subtly.
0: Oh yeah, because it's, it's people that can't survive here. Well, how can yep. they survive in another world? Yeah, because it's been taken, yeah. And they, well, that's never explained, I think, outright, yeah. is it? Never, it's just... It's well, not I think
1: there's, there's a scene in the dance hall where the policeman starts yelling it, and it just sounds insane. And I think they give some lines of dialogue to Quatermass as well. And strangely, the crowd do not believe them. It's one of those plots where I think kind of like if you tried to describe Quatermass in the pit in a line, you know, you. Because the, the beauty of Quatermass in the Pit is that it builds you up to that final killer punchline, we are the Martians. Mm. Uh, which, if you started with that, you'd just be like, nah, thanks. I've got you know, Nationwide on the other channel when they invent the other channel. Uh, I'll, I'll be good with that, thanks. But it's the fact of going from an idea that's so outrageous but building you up gently towards it. And with Quatermass too, the idea is outrageous, but in the film they never really stated explicitly... And when they do finally state it explicitly,
0: everyone sounds insane. It comes across well that uh, the the consequences of telling people something that's blatantly true, but they just don't want to hear yep. it, because of the consequence of dealing with that, is therefore yep. enormous. And your part in making in, in in making that true, it certainly rings true. Now we talk about if Twitter had been around uh, then, but a lot of this feels like
1: it's quite Brexit, isn't yeah, it? If I don't want to say. I-
0: but we're monks yeah yeah you know, yeah, you liberal, know. Liberal liberal this liberal is the danger of a no-deal yeah. invasion yeah and everyone's like but here's the press I mean in this as well as yeah. we'll, as we'll come to the press is seen as one of one of the good guys it's yeah. one of the beacons that can be trusted here it's like it's it's people from Guido Forks and that just tweeting or send, writing articles about the same about about how great word Vlats is and about how you're the problem and it's just like People are going. No, I'm not. I'm not comfortable with this. Yeah,
1: Quatermass might have some valid points, but on the other hand, he didn't vote for us in the last election, so he's got a sinister agenda.
0: Yeah, that's, that's true as well. Is Tom T. Blair behind this? Mm-hmm. But they're taken to the the plant to have to have a look in, um, which, like the TV series, is the Shell Haven in Stanford, Hope, in Essex.
1: Have you been there?
0: I haven't. No. Neither either. have I. No.
1: But it's weird because you fairly you know it.
0: Yeah. Um, but it's whether you know that or you know, you know, if you've been a, a, around a gasometer at all, if you've done tours, mm. like they do tours with gasometers in like Bow, uh, and you feel sort of really there's a slightly sort of post industrial landscape. You, know, you, know, you can wax lyrical about sort of hauntology while wandering around, wandering those places, but there, there's something deeply sinister about you know, the scrubland near, near, well, nearby. Well, I live
1: it's in sort of, King's Cross. And when I first moved there, we used to have. Gasometers and abandoned industrial pumping stations and things. So you know your your early morning runs would would be quite quite an uh, Not anymore, sadly. Quite luxury flats. Mm. From winnenden flats to luxury flats. That's probably what Brian Donnelly was going for as a joke, and
0: kind of like. No, 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 no. Oh, I thought it was he was going for like the, film, the big flats, flats flat has been flattened. flattened and, uh, and, uh, yeah, but it like gives up because well yeah. he can't. Which is fair enough. He's like, it, there's nothing worse than trying to deliver a joke and falling. He just gives up. It's, it's no, to,
1: it's, it's just uh, you're not going to laugh, and I'm not going to laugh, and,
0: yeah, yeah. It's but there's a there's, there's, there's some dialogue. They go in uh, through the entrance, and it's Broadhead says says to Quatermass, "Well, are they your guards? They don't look sinister." It's like. Well, you know, what do you expect? Twirling moustaches? And well, moustaches. I
1: think it's because Quatermass has said, you know, the guards are in black, oh, black suits. And these guys are in really white. They're all in oh, white coats, so. and they look very, very cheery and helpful. And I think, you know, Quatermass has clearly, during the two-hour drive, gone, well, there will be guards with guns, black-suited, efficient, fascistic guards. And instead it's has going, well, welcome. Welcome to Wynard and Flats.
0: I'd like to know how they got to, from London to, to near Carlisle in two
1: hours. Those. And the those. the weird thing about it is, there's all this talk about synthetic food, but nobody says, "Would you like to try a delicious vegan sausage yeah, roll?"
0: It is. It's not. Yeah. Wow. Well, I get. I've got the impression that because all the the questions are basically, "Oh, well, it's the food. Oh, it's it's in there. Oh, we'll explain later." Mm. That at the end yep. of it all, they're expecting to have a gorgeous corn banquet. Mm. Um, and I don't think this is necessarily a conspiracy against vegetarians. Even, no, it's, but it's you know people were in exploring alternatives to people to, to were meet, starving yeah, To, to know, that,
1: well. that's what we forget about how wonderful the second world war was for us we were starving
0: yeah but um, before they even get anywhere near looking at the domes quite a mass because you know he's a, you know, a thoughtful guy who's his first his first concern is for his welfare of his, of his colleagues goes into the medical, medical uh, wing to mm. ostensibly to look for Marsh Really, he's just found a new room to shout out. He's just basically, yeah, he's found an orderly that he can, yep. that he can shout at. But it reinforces the, I suppose, the weirdness, the, the, the sort of slightly flat delivery, which sometimes on a BBC serial you can put down to the the idiosyncrasies of the the actor chosen to play that part. Uh, but in a film, possibly you think, oh, this is meant to be more more in character. But you have that nice sort of uh, empty um, ward, like six beds or something. Uh, but sort of like, what do you need all this for? Well, I thought maybe I don't know. I don't know. Does the a shell refinery or you know any sort of large industrial uh, would, have it, would have its own doctor and have its own you know, hospital wing? It seems if you have a you need a convalescence or you've you've had, have an injury there, have stuff on board. I didn't think that was as particularly sinister. Obviously, but there's but no one there and because it's worried.
1: empty. The sinisterness is in the emptiness, and that's it.
0: I suppose. I think um, there's. Like the large scale, the the automation, I suppose, is the these places, even in the fifties, were largely automated, needed a minimal. But then, when we see the the villagers later, there's like, the, the plant is nearly completed, and thus they, yep. they'll be they'll be out, of, they'll, they'll 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 be out of a job. So, was this bustling at some point? I don't know, but this is. I get the impression that the place is meant to be. you know If you go to the if you go to a, a shell refinery, or whatever, an oil refinery now, that it will be. It won't be bustling. It'll be eerily quiet.
3: Look, that's an inspection door, isn't it? So you can see the stuff going through. I'd like to take a look at that. Later you will see everything.
2: Are we going to see inside a big dome?
3: That's where you're going now. Please continue.
0: So after
3: they're um, rounded
0: back up and taken towards the dome, uh, in a nice piece of editing, they're going, they're going through the doorway, but not quite into the dome. They go into what they call an airlock, which is a very, yep. very big airlock.
1: Yeah. To, to do and there's that weird thing where a says are we in the dome and you go yeah. you can see the
0: roof yeah you're not it's not a, it's like yeah, yeah. It's, it, presumably there's another bit before that but the the, the spacing's issue you see guys putting mm. uh, put, put, putting gas masks on you have some inane chat with some of the other people in but way? you
1: know that something bad is going and to it's happen it's
0: about to happen right now and that's 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 that that's a lovely start performance from our for, for, from our friend but I think cleverly done because uh, I hadn't noticed at that point that Broadhead isn't there yeah. and it's the guy that says where's yeah. your friend and oh and he's already made a move that he'd like to see what's in what's in one of those things we'll be told we'll be told he will do later so you immediately knows what to do um but it's a leap from Quatermass, mass which the, i think the audience is on side about that they'll be killed they're all, they're all they're all about to be infected so he struggles with the uh, with the guide goes out of the closing door presumably there's only one He's very, very, very slow door. It is. But I, I think it's. That's. There's that, 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 yeah. because he struggles for quite a while. Yeah. There's, there's there's a realness about it. It's not like banging on a paper door door in a BBC studio. It feels. Is, it, it's, mm. is that beyond like, beyond location? Because it's it's. There's a. I mean, that's a huge room. So I'm. Guessing
1: it is a huge room because the door looks like they've built it yeah, on the location. location yeah. Because it really doesn't quite belong.
0: No, but the, I'm guessing that even yeah. the Hammer did not build a set that
1: deep. No, uh, no, because they, there's a weird sort of cutaway set that they've yeah. built of the bottom of the mm. well that they keep on cutting back to. I think later on, uh, but it's very well done. Um, In the BBC,
0: that that bit's done at Television Centre, isn't it? Was it? They're still building, or is it? Was it Lamb Grove? They'd go to a bit of underground. Mm. The you know, the underground bit yeah. when he's disguised. I think they shot that yeah. at somewhere like to- still being built television centre. Amazing. That might be wrong though. Yeah. I to check. Toby. Toby would know.
1: Toby would know. Toby would have interviewed the wall. Yeah, got his taxi um, receipts. Yeah, the, one of my favourite bits is when the female MP goes, "I don't want to oh, go," and it's like, "This way, please." Yeah, I've got be head for heights. And he's at the, the unnamed sinister man is just superb I don't want to go I'm afraid you have to there's a real sense that everything is cheery the string quartet is playing mm-hmm. but at some point the smile is going to drop uh, and then the door seals and Quatermass runs off
0: and just leaves them all to their doom he goes looking for Broadhead who turns up at the top of one of the uh, one of the domes covered in uh, it looks like crude oil it's a like black slime yeah. but he's, he's he's screaming it burns and very helpfully saying stay away from me
1: yeah i mean it's it, it is remarkable because every time you watch it both on the the bbc version and this thing you go how did he not fall down you know it's it, it's
0: a real tribute to the actor where well, he just hits his spot yeah he yeah he <laughs> gets, in, gets in gets in gets into position but he does a good thing of like the it's the don't touch me don't touch me. yeah but he's absolutely covered i mean like yep. he says he fell yes he was, it's like but like properly like immersed because like except he,
1: for his neck because there's a moment where he rolls his oh, neck back okay, right. and the the flesh is completely untouched oh
0: okay as well because it's like thickly covering yep. his waistcoat you must have been in that film. yeah he must in have, have sploshed in. in yeah he didn't get splashed. Yeah. They? Right on the back. But it's, go on. it's less clear how Quatermass gets a sample. He says it's a bit on his yeah. coat, but in the TV yeah. series it's a very deliberate. takes his time. Yeah. Here it's a bit more ambiguous. But in any case, yeah. the game's up and Quatermass has to get out. Right include a look at Hammer's Quatermass 2 next time, where we'll marvel at how Sid James can get shot in the face without it leaving a mark, wonder at Brian Donlevy's unique pronunciation of methane, and investigate if this really is the first film sequel to use the suffix 2. We'll also talk about the time James interviewed Nigel Neal for his University Magazine. My thanks to James for his time, and my thanks also to Una McCormack, Sarah Rubin at the BFI, Steve Horry, and Andrew Kinnear. Burkast is presented by John Deere and Howard Ingham, and is edited by Emma Cooper. You can visit our website at birdcast.room207press.com, visit us on Facebook or on Twitter, it's at Birdcast Calling. Thanks for listening. Thank you.